You're listening to episode 16 of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about the best thing you can do to improve any relationship. And in case you're wondering, it's got nothing to do with the other person. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, silly humans. All right, I am so excited to talk to you about this today. Have you ever noticed that we think we need to control the world and that other people need to behave a certain way so we can feel good? I know, right? It's kind of pervasive. (laughs) And it's so interesting to me to think about how the only reason we want to change someone's behavior is because of how we think it will make us feel. But remember from prior episodes that it's our thinking that causes our feelings, not someone else's behavior. When they act the way we want them to, we have thoughts like, ah, they love and respect me. And when they don't, we have thoughts like, they don't respect me or love me. We make it mean something negative. And we lose our power in that situation because then how we feel is dependent on someone else's behavior. So we try to control them. But remember, no matter what, you don't have control over what other people do. So we have a choice with the people in our lives. We can try to control them or make requests of them. And whether they respond to it or not, we let them be them. You can enjoy them as a person anyway, no matter what they do. Crazy, right? So in general, letting people be themselves leads to more sustainable, joyful relationships. This episode is all about getting to actually know the other person and letting everyone in the relationship be who they are. And we're going to wade through your thoughts, your expectations, and try to help you let go of most of them so you can actually get to know this person that you are in relationship with, whether it's your significant other, close friend or family member, colleague. So wouldn't that be freaking mind-blowing? Trust me, it totally is. And once you truly understand this, your relationships will never be the same. They will be so much better in every way. And the first part of this process that I want to teach you about is an important concept that I'll refer to as the manual. You may have heard me talk about this before, but a manual contains expectations of how we want others to behave so that we can feel better. It's like an operation manual, a book of rules and expectations of what we consider to be normal, kind, and acceptable behavior according to us. And when we look at how Buddhism describes the causes of suffering, one of them is attachment, right? And here it is again, attachment to how we want other people to behave, how we expect them to behave. When we get along with people or love to hang out with them, it's usually because they're following our manual. In fact, often we may not even know we have one until someone isn't following it. We may think someone is awesome 
until all of a sudden they don't follow a part of our manual. And usually this manual, it's also unspoken. So the other person can't even like do what we want them to, even if they wanted to. So we think we'd be happier if other people would just behave how we want them to behave. And we don't often realize that we're doing this. We have manuals for a lot of people in our lives, but they're most pronounced for a significant other or for family members. But we need to remember that our happiness comes from within ourselves. But we often don't remember that. We forget it, right? So then we have so many rules for our relationships that we've stopped experiencing the relationship as it is. And then we get locked into the expectations of how the relationship should be instead. And the truth is, in reality, our relationships are simply thoughts about another person. For example, think of an ex. You're not as into them anymore and they drive you a little nuts, but their partner now is way into them. So how is it possible that you have two different perspectives on the same person? That person hasn't changed. It's because their current partner's relationship with them is dependent on their thoughts about them, not them. And the same was true for your relationship with them. And knowing this, that relationships are largely thoughts about another person, this is the secret to all relationships. Your relationship with anyone is dependent on your thoughts about them. Now, many of you will say your thoughts about them are dependent on what they do and how they behave, but that is not the crux of it. Your thoughts about them are dependent on your expectations of them and how well they meet those expectations. Similarly, you can't have love for someone. You experience love when you think loving thoughts about them. You can't be mad at someone. You have thoughts that make you mad. Someone can't emotionally hurt you. You have thoughts that hurt. So imagine you and someone else and you're looking at each other face to face. In most circumstances, you aren't having a direct experience of them, right? And what I mean by a direct experience is an experience unencumbered about thoughts about what's going on, how they look, the things you're wondering in your head, the myriad thoughts floating around. And in between you and the other person are all of your filtered perceptions and your thoughts. So can you see that? Our thoughts about them really influence our experience of them, even when they're just right in front of us and all we're doing is looking at each other. Our thoughts create our experience. This is why when, you know, you go to conferences and they do those or workshops and they do those trippy things where they're like, sit across from the person and stare lovingly in their eyes. And some people are like, this is the freakiest freaking thing I've ever done. And someone else is like, this is amazing and transcendent, right? (laughs) Different thoughts. So another thing is as part of these manuals, we also think we have reasonable expectations, right? But what we think is reasonable and what other people think is reasonable is often very different. So just because you think something is important doesn't mean someone else agrees. Yet we think it's totally reasonable. Sure, you can have expectations of your partner like, 
I expect you to think about me every night your way and send me a text. Well, sending a good night text might be important to you, but not to them. It might mean something to you about love, but not to them. Or like with my husband, he's often late. So I'm like, what the, and to me, it's a sign of disrespect, but to him it's just, he has a hard time managing his schedule. Another aspect of this whole manual business is we also forget that as adults, people, including you, have the freedom to behave how you want. But we forget this. And this is also often the focus of modern therapy and self-help too, right? In terms of forgetting this aspect. We're asked, what do you want or need? And what does the other person want and need? And then show each other your lists and then ask each other to help meet them right? Or, or let let go of your needs and meet in the middle. And you end up with no one getting what they want. And you just get this life of compromises. And a relationship then becomes something where we are responsible, not just for our own needs, but meeting someone else's too. Then you have two people trying to control each other. And often relationships morph into two people just following each other's manuals. And trying to control someone, that never works. We've all tried it, right? How did that work out for you last time? (laughs) And we can't even control ourselves in most scenarios, let alone someone else. This is actually the opposite of authentic connection. And neither person is truly happy. You know, it's people having a list of needs that they expect the other person should fulfill. And if it works, it means the relationship then becomes a list of rules and obligations and basically like a job. I believe we are responsible for meeting our own needs. And you may be like, what? And trust me, I've been there, but hang in there with me. I want to share a little story with you and maybe it'll help you see how I arrived at that. My husband and I decided a long time ago that we didn't want to be responsible for each other's needs. We wanted to take care of our own needs and try to enjoy each other's company as much as possible. Like that was the purpose of the relationship, right? To enjoy each other as much as possible. Not like I'm with you so you can do X, Y, and Z for me, right? And we didn't want the other person to be responsible for our happiness because that's heavy duty, right? And to do that, to not have the other person be responsible for our, your happiness, it's important to note that that means you also need to know what makes you happy. And a lot of people don't know what makes them happy. So their list of how the world needs to be to feel better just keeps getting longer and longer or changing all the time. So if that's you, also check out, I think it's episode eight, how to get clear about what you want. That'll help. Okay. So anyway, My husband and I, we were actually really good at doing this for a long time, like years. And people would come up to me for relationship advice about this. Like, I'm so just in awe of how you can, quote unquote, let him be gone for a month at a time and not be pissed or upset about it. Doesn't it bother you that he's not there for you? And I was like, no, I'm cool with it, right? I have other things I do when he's not around. I can go out with my girlfriends. I can write and read. I'm plenty happy being alone with myself. Oh, so that's another thing. A healthy relationship requires you like being with yourself. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, it went on like this without much of a hitch until we had a kid. Most of my expectations, I realized, got added on 
after we had a kid. I'd done enough work until that point to be like, okay, I know better than to expect you to make me happy. I came into that relationship like, man, my life is the shizzle. I'm super stoked if I'm getting in a relationship. This is just icing on the cake, not to make me happy. And to be fair, it's not like we both didn't expect anything to change after we had a kid. We spoke about how we thought it was going to change. I mean, it was all a guess anyway. We were the first in our close friend group to have a kid and didn't have great modeling in our own families. And he said he could be around as long as he could leave for one big international expedition once a year. And I was totally cool with that. And we also made the mistake of agreeing he would be around, quote, for the important things without qualifying what that was. And we also agreed we'd take turns taking a job that gave us health insurance because neither of us ever did that. But it was cost prohibitive in Alaska for us to pay out of pocket, which we usually didn't when we lived in other states. And so it was like, all right, if we're going to do this and stay here, I'm not doing this the whole time and you're not doing it the whole time. Let's switch off. So we had agreed to do that. So I felt all my expectations for how he needed to show up after we had a kid were reasonable. After all, we discussed them, we agreed to them, and nowhere did it seem I agreed to, oh, having him be out of state to paraglide for fun for three and a half months of the year, right? Not including weekends or the five or six days a week of paragliding and missing dinners, right? And spending a lot of time alone with just me and my kiddo without any breaks. And also me working more than I ever had in my life prior to that after having a kid. Like I was working more than I ever had after giving birth. And that just was like mind blowing to me. And now you all might think, wow, that sounds sort of miserable. And it was, but not for the reasons you might think. A lot of my friends felt my expectations were totally reasonable, right? In fact, 99% of the world would probably have thought my expectations were reasonable to want your husband to not leave for three and a half months a year just for fun, not for work, to miss bedtime most days of the week, to not share the burden of working, to help provide benefits to the family, yada, yada, right? But doing what the world thinks is reasonable, neither of us had ever lived that way. I mean, that's one of the things that make us gel, right? Like both of us are rebels to the core. We didn't ever do what was reasonable. And it took me a long time to get over the fact that he was simply doing what he wanted and what made him happy and that he is an adult and gets to do that. And I know I can hear you, girlfriends. Thank you for having my back, but hang in there, okay? (laughs) And my expectations and not having them met Those were on me, my thoughts that were causing myself immense suffering, immense emotional suffering. I kept trying to force him to honor his promises. I mean, it seems reasonable that if someone says they'll do something that they should do it, right? And well, you can guess how well forcing things worked, right? And here's the thing. Yes, people make promises and, oh, newsflash, adults get to change their minds they can decide that that was a mistake. Holy shit, right? So here is where learning how to set good boundaries and learning how to make requests comes in. So I had to remind myself that despite his promises, he gets to change his mind, right? Like I don't expect myself to be doing miserable things all the time. And yet 
was I asking that of him, right? So it was just a very interesting uh, thought process for me to go through. And I realized that this was actually all optional to me. I didn't have to stay in the relationship. I didn't have to leave. I didn't have to have the expectations I had. And I don't get to ask him to change. And he doesn't get to ask the same of me. So I asked myself, did I want to be with this man still, assuming he doesn't change? And in all honesty, it took me a while to figure all that out, but I decided, yes, if I could have a few things met, because I take ownership over my emotional suffering, but there were some real physical needs going on, like lack of sleep, not getting to exercise and all that kind of stuff, stress levels and things like that, right? So I came up with my non-negotiables. Not every little thing that I wanted, but what would feel in alignment with my values and honoring our commitment to help one another live our passions and to take care of myself for my health. So I decided what that was for me, not anyone else, not even for him, but for me. So I said things like, well, I can deal with your paragliding four days a week if it's fixed days so I can expect them and plan around them. And yes, I get that you're going to miss some really good weather days from time to time. But as our therapist said, you can't be married to the weather and a woman. (laughs) And no, those four days can't be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I get to have some adventures with my friends too. And if I'm going to work my butt off, I need you to do the grocery shopping, scheduling the babysitter, doing the school drop-offs, yada, yada. So I got really clear about that and then said, hey, So these are the things I need to help me. Can you do this? And then do your paragliding four days a week and take your expeditions and maybe don't be gone three months, be gone two months, right? Like that kind of thing. And I said, what do you think? Can you do this? Because if you want to, and you want to out of love and not out of fear, and you can do these things, then I can deal with my own shit to get over the other stuff. So we talked about it. He thought about it. He said yes, and he's stuck to it ever since. And to this day, like I just asked him while I was prepping for this episode, he still feels good about it because it's clear to him how it's a loving thing to do for our family. And he gets that it was actually a pretty sweet deal too, right? (laughs) You see, he also had to learn some things about how he wanted to show up. And I know some of y'all are like, you let him, what? My husband gets two climbing trips a year or maybe one weekend a month or whatever, and that's it. No way would I be okay with that setup. And someone else might say, girl, why are you tripping? It's not like he's going out to strip clubs. Get over it and just be happy that he's faithful to you. Because I've heard all of that, right? And the beauty of all this is you get to decide how you want to do you, how you want to do your relationships. What I'm okay with is not going to be what someone else is okay with. What is important to me in a relationship is not the same as what's important to someone else, what they might think is a priority. For me, freedom and adventure are obvious values. Some people could care less about those two things. They prefer security and stability. I mean, I like those things too, sure. But if I had to choose freedom and adventure all the way, maybe, right? And you may think differently, and that's equally valid and equally awesome. And so here I am with our quirky family, full of freedom and adventure, and a man who's in the clouds a lot. (laughs) 
So if you are both on the same page, not of your manual or their manual, but on the same page of how you'll each tend to your own needs, that is the sweet spot. And partners compatible with us will make it easier since they will likely follow our manual, but not always. And that's when we need to do our work. And by the way, the reason I asked him to only agree to my requests from a place of love and not fear, like fear of me leaving or fear of what might happen, it's because the last thing you want in a relationship is someone doing things because they're afraid or feeling forced and doing things they don't want to do. And once I got clear about what I needed, I made the requests and then let him decide. And then I got to work doing more of the things that I wanted to do too. So you see, we can't control what another person does or whether they want to honor our request or not, but we can make requests. And if people say no, then we take ownership over our own thoughts and how we are responding to that. Now, I don't want you to think all that happened overnight. I mean, this was a process that took years, right? It was like this was where my work needed to happen. I kind of had it dialed in other areas, but this was the challenge. But we figured it out. We're still figuring it out, right? So you see, even with a kid in the picture, this is possible to work towards. This not controlling others, this not making our happiness dependent on how other people behave. Was it maybe more messy than just following each other's manuals? Maybe. Probably. I mean, it was pretty messy in there. But on the other end of it, so much more rewarding, so much more fulfilling with both of us getting to be who we are and doing what we want. So you see, even with a kid in the picture, this is possible to work towards. This not controlling others, this not making our happiness dependent on how other people behave. I thought for sure the kid thing was a great excuse to try to control someone, but (laughs) like everything, that too was neutral, empty of inherent existence, empty of inherent rules and characteristics. And I know this can be like mind-blowing for some of you. Trust me, it took me years to work through this, right? But in the end, the only person suffering by us having expectations that aren't getting met is ourselves. So why not learn how to meet our own needs? Why not learn how to not be attached in order to be happy? Why not learn how to set boundaries, make requests, let go of emotional attachment to the result of those requests and not make someone else responsible for our happiness? For me, I had spent so much of my life working hard and meeting my own needs, and I really, I really wanted someone, and at that time my husband, to take care of me for once. Was that a valid human need? Sure, let's say it is. But needing that in order to allow myself to be happy, that just led to more suffering. And magically, when I said, okay, I'm going to do the work and I'm going to let go of my expectations that seem totally like scientifically justified and see what happens. Well, ultimately letting go of my manual and setting boundaries has made for a pretty epic marriage and family life. 
but also a lot of responsibility to know how to take care of ourselves. And no, I don't get taken advantage of as a result. I know some of you fear that, and that's where healthy boundaries keep that from happening. And in fact, my partner shows up more fully as time goes on now. And I'm still learning to let go since we keep learning about new expectations we didn't even know we had. And I'm still learning to meet a lot of my needs on my own, but it's happening. You know, I'd posted online about how amazing I think single moms are because with my husband being gone so much, oh my gosh, I was like bowing down to them. I could really appreciate how hard it was to balance work and childcare and self-care and how it was so hard for me. And I still had a partner who, even though he was gone a lot, he was at least there, you know, more than not. And then an acquaintance posted, ha, see, I told you, I let you be naive about your thought work stuff, but now you can see it really isn't just your thoughts, that there's a real need to want those things and that it's not just our thoughts. And so I was like, oh, I don't think what I was saying quite came across. There was some back and forth there. And I was actually saying that it still is ultimately our thoughts and the two aren't mutually exclusive. Like, I can have the real need to have some help in my situation. I was working full time and my husband was out of state paragliding three and a half months out of the year, right? Not including weekend trips and late evenings. And I still believe that ultimately my experience of that and the emotional suffering that is there or not is dependent on my thoughts about what is happening. That was what was impacting the degree to which I was suffering. And what's more empowering anyway, that you need X, Y, and Z to happen before you're happy or that you can create your happiness. I remember my teacher, Geshe Soltrim Geltsin, he said, you know, you can be happy just like that. And he snapped his finger. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's deep. I'll think about that for a while. (laughs) But now I see it. I get it. It can be as easy as that, as easy as letting ourselves be happy, letting go of our expectations. Now, I also want to be clear that this doesn't mean that we need to stay with people who repeatedly don't support us or help us. I'm not saying, hey, just work on your thoughts and stay with a slacker, right? (laughs) When we are a good match with someone, more often than not, they will meet us from a place of love. But if you decide to be with someone, then yes, this is the work to learn how to make yourself happy and learn how to fully enjoy someone as they are. I decided what the boundaries of my time and energy were that I can manage without going insane and getting really unhealthy and asked for that. And if I couldn't get those things met, then I would need to leave in order to take care of my own physical and mental health needs. We can take responsibility for our own needs. I didn't need to change him. I needed to change what I'd do as a result of the actions or lack of actions that were going on. If you don't want to stay in a relationship or a friendship, then like your reasons and know it's about your thoughts and not them. And you don't need any dramatic excuses to stay or to go. Just like your reasons. And I'm not saying relationships don't take compromise. Goddess knows, I know the truth of that. 
But I do personally believe we compromise more than we really need to because of two things. One, we ask people to do things just because we don't want to be uncomfortable. So people ask of us and we ask of others more than is actually necessary because they want us to follow their manual to avoid feeling uncomfortable instead of dealing with their own shit. (laughs) And we do that with others, wanting to avoid discomfort. So we all end up with a list of to-dos for little things that don't really matter, like how to fold your clothes or how to park the car or clean the toilet or whatever, right? Two, we aren't good at self-care and prioritizing what we need to show up the way we want to in the world. So we think all this compromising is totally normal and legitimate, especially if you were raised as a woman. Some of you might also wonder where your dreams fit into this. And I say, keep dreaming. Just don't let your happiness be dependent on the dream coming true or not. First, because your dream is more likely to come true if you are in a positive place, because negative thoughts drive unhelpful emotions and unskillful action. Second, because when we play that game of, I'll be happy when I have X, Y, or Z, it's because we think over there, where the dream comes true, we think that's better than right here. And let me tell you, that's just not true. Life over there is still going to have a good chunk of time that is hard and uncomfortable. It's not like these hard parts go away when the dream happens, because that's the nature of life. It's a beautiful blend of all the feels. So you might as well learn to be happy without attachment to something external while you're creating that dream of yours, all right? You can dream big and not be attached to it. So I hope you can see that it is possible to let go of the manual of trying to control other people. It is possible to make requests of people with no strings attached and see what happens when you don't try to control them and just control yourself and your response to how other people behave. Like what that would look like is like if someone is constantly late and you can say, hey, like you're late. I'm not going to like react to this and put a bunch of story on it. This is your pattern. So I'm just going to assume that if we're going to meet at six o'clock and you're um, not showing up within 15 minutes of that time, then I'm going to go and have better things to do. And maybe in the future, I'm not going to do anything that really requires you to be on time. We just won't plan it that way. They get to be them. You get to still protect your time and energy and people get to be who they are, right? No strings attached. Make requests. Hey, it'd be really cool for me if you're on time. No strings attached. And this is different for kids or if you're like a manager or a boss lady in an organization. It's like if you're a boss, you can make requests of your employees and decide if they don't follow it to keep them or have some probation or remediation. But emotionally, you don't have to be angry or upset about it. With kids, you can ask, hey, I need you to clean your room. And if you don't, there's going to be a consequence, right? And then that consequence will happen if they don't follow through. But you don't need to talk about how pissed you'll be or how you'll feel about it, just what you'll do. And you don't need to get all worked up about it because saying like, you better do this or I'll be angry, that's a form of emotional blackmail. I mean, think about it. That is not setting a boundary or making a request with no strings attached. A boundary is about what you'll do, not how you'll feel. 
So with kids, you're kind of teaching them about how to be in the world. So there's those consequences there, but there doesn't have to be the emotional suffering element. So all this does not mean that you can't make a request. Just don't tie your emotional happiness to whether they respond or do what you want. And this approach also allows us to better listen to others and learn about them and why they might choose to do or not do certain things, right? And we can then more easily come from a place of love ourselves instead of a place of anger or resentment. On the one hand, we can say, I don't like what you did. So I'm going to punish myself by feeling negative emotion about it and reacting in a negative way towards you. But this is always optional, my friends. So let me say something about unconditional love here, because that deserves its own podcast episode, but I really want to at least touch on it here. We don't have to put conditions on our love. We don't have to deny ourselves that feeling of love when someone doesn't follow our manual. We get to feel love no matter what the other person does. It's such a great choice. Love is such an amazing emotion to feel. I mean, if I walked around and I was like, hey, would you be okay feeling some love right now? Most of you will be like, yes, please. I remember Ram Das saying with like such complete joy and a huge smile on his face at a Buddha Fest talk, he said, loving is so fun. I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. And he grinned and laughed this deep belly laugh. And he's right. Loving is so fun. And you know, Ramdas, he also had a picture of Trump on his altar. Um, Ramdas passed away this year. I just thank him for his teachings. And he had a picture of Trump on his altar. And he would say, and I'm paraphrasing here, he'd say, oh, What you are doing is of your karma not of your soul. I choose to see your soul. I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. Wow. I learned a lot from that. Okay. So back to -to day-to-day relationships, right? It doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries or that we tolerate bullshit. It doesn't mean that we don't leave something toxic when necessary. It just means that we don't have to feel hate or anger doing it. We don't have to react. When I came up with those requests for my relationship, I was so calm. And I didn't yell like I had been, (laughs) like over time, right? And in case you're wondering, when you yell, people usually aren't listening, right? I was just so calm and clear and at peace when I was presenting these requests. Like, this is what I need, and I'd love for you to do this with me, but if you can't, then that's going to be okay too. I'm going to be okay. I have a clear boundary now. I know what I need to do for myself, and I'll do it if you can't help me. Our family will be okay. And from there, I was coming from love. And other people are more willing to hear us, to listen to us when we come from a place of love, you see? People make mistakes and do things from a place of pain. We can either hate them for it or love them as humans. Isn't it amazing to hear the phrase, I love you no matter what? 
It's unconditional love. And I know some of you are worried that if you love someone unconditionally, that you'll lose yourself or lose control. Well, don't worry about losing control because you don't have that control anyway. Control over another person is an illusion. Control over life is an illusion. Just because they are behaving the way you want them to behave doesn't mean that they love you or respect you. You should not make this, how they behave, be the reason to love them. They are completely lovable and available to you right now, as is. And loving unconditionally, this does not mean to tolerate abuse or neglect or other harmful actions. Don't forget that there are two wings to the bird, compassion and wisdom. You can't just feel compassion and loving kindness without the wisdom to guide it in order for it to be at its most skillful level. So cultivate your inner wisdom constantly. Create healthy boundaries from a place of wisdom of the greater good for you and for all involved. This work is about helping to decrease your emotional suffering so that you can show up in this amazing miracle of a life in the way that you are meant to be and so that you can be more kind in the world but from a place of fierce self-compassion too. And your thoughts about how the world should be or about what is happening, that is what creates emotional suffering. And that is why two people in the same exact circumstance can have two totally different experiences about it. One person can be happy about losing a job and another person devastated. One person could be thrilled about a divorce and another heartbroken. Same situation, different thoughts. Like this, your thoughts about the manual that you have for others and your expectations about the people in your life, those are thoughts, not facts that have to be true or that have to happen. I want to invite you to think about someone in your life that you have a manual for and write down three things that you wish they would do that would help you feel so much better. So if you're driving, don't write, obviously, just think about what those three things are. Now, how do you think you'll feel when they do those things? Because remember, this is why we want people to do things, right? Because of how we think it will make us feel. Will you feel more loved? Will you feel more respected, cared for, smart, admired, sexy? And now here's the juicy part. Do you think it's possible that you can feel that way without them doing that thing? Can you feel sexy without the compliment? Can you feel loved by your friend without the call on your birthday? Can you feel smart without the praise about your work? Can you feel respected without them being on time? The answer is yes. Even though that may be hard to see right now. And while a part of us may be disappointed that we don't need to make a fuss anymore, because, you know, sometimes we get a little bit of energy from that. There's another part that becomes so free when we let go of our attachment to how other people need to behave in order for us to be happy. You can let go of your manual. You can let go of your expectations. You can be loving awareness. You can let go of attachment to things needing to be a certain way 
to be happy. You can let yourself be happy just like that. If you like what you heard, please spread the love and share it. And if you know you need some help with this and want to learn more about how to free your mind and free your life, go to rebelbuddhist.com and grab my free Rebel Buddhist Toolkit, where you'll receive a video training on cultivating resilience, access to the private Rebel Buddhist group where I do weekly live sessions on topics just like this, and a copy of the gorgeous Rebel Buddhist Manifesto, and more for free. That's rebelbuddhist.com.